Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Alrighty, welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us. This week on the podcast, we got Rob. Hello. Jacob. Hello. Molly. Hi. And your favorite, me, Logan. <laughs> uh, we're just going to jump right into things here with the discipleship moment of the week. So yesterday, I kind of ragged on uh, Jonah's prayer. I said that it looks <coughs> selfish. I highlighted for a slide, I highlighted all the eyes and the mys and the me's, and it's quite a colorful little picture. Mm. My distress answered me, heard my voice, cast me into the deep, passed over me, I am driven away from your sight, waters closed over me, deeps surrounded me. And so I even made the statement that if you heard this prayer at our uh, family dinner later on that (laughs) night, or one that resembled it, um, that we might have to drug test you. So now um, I do have to drug test Logan because he did actually use his prayer last night. <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, I really kind of uh, I, I threw some people for a loop with that. Um, and I'm pretty sure Joy said, are you going to pray for real after that? But you did. And I, I did. I even tagged a little bit at the end. Of you your cliche prayer. And then I'm pretty sure Thea came up and gave me a hard time about something in it. I uh, didn't catch that. So. But I, I didn't have a translator. I wouldn't put pastor. So I wasn't really sure. Babies. Wasn't Sorry. really sure what. I, I I was getting a tongue lashing, but I wasn't sure what about. She didn't come <laughs> get her translator, so I have no idea. Yeah, and she was, she, it was one of those she was going too fast for me to understand. <laughs> I was like, she's feisty about something oh, okay yeah. you can't see thunder she wanted you to come do the uh apple bobbing oh That's no, what she it wasn't wanted. about the prayer then no, never mind sorry. <laughs> never mind but anyway no yeah so drug test for logan because i use jonah's prayer to bless the food and he can't even understand a smell child <laughs> which jonah's <laughs> prayer was to get god to yak him up and i used it on the food did anybody have any issues no oh, issues all right you know uh, knowing you personally, that's just a common part of the process. Ooh. Is that not how you're supposed to pray for food? <laughs> so, so back to the discipleship moment. Been doing it wrong Money all trial. these years. Anyway, <laughs> so let's talk about prayer. So, if you are discipling someone and you hear their prayer, and there's a lot of me's and eyes and mys, and it's it's very self focused. Is that "Quote unquote," a problem. You know, I would say that it can be. Can be, yeah. Um, this is oddly, oddly fortuitous. So, on my Facebook memories today, it popped up uh, back in 2013. I had a post, and it said, uh, "You want to pray a dangerous prayer? <sighs> Ask God for what He wants instead of telling Him what you want." Ooh. And I, I distinctly remember this because it was mm-hmm. uh, it was about this time of the year in my junior year of college there that I was realizing, oh, crap, I don't want to go do what my previous plan was. <laughs> and I was talking with Eric Wright. May he forever be tormented by the fact that he launched me into this career. Uh, wow. We were talking about this, and right. uh, I started I started praying that way. 
I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit running from mm. what God was. Mm. It's oddly apropos. We're talking about my spirit animal of Jonah. Um, but uh, I, so it, this popped up, but the, the prayer of like, instead of making it all about me, all right, God, what are you doing? Yeah. Or do I meet you in this? What's your, what's your plan? Um, which we don't actually see in Jonah's prayer. Jonah's prayer is all me, 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 mine, 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 mine. You do that really well. Finding Nemo. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think there's part oh, of Pixar. his prayer um, that, that's pretty good and fine. I mean, like, you know, it's very indicative of where he's at. Um, mm-hmm. he, he feels kind of abandoned. He, he's in a dark pr- place. Um, Mm. And part of this is stuff that I want to, I want to develop in my prayer life, which is just, just telling God how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's obviously the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't really repent. Um, he, he even, he even kind of says mm. like, if you ever use an idol, uh, God has no more grace for you. Um, sure. Which you know it is showing that he, he, he still thinks he's right. Um, and he's potentially, he's giving into what God wants him to do, but he's not, he's definitely not thinking about, uh, what's going to happen or he's, he's not, he's not willing to give ground as to what, what he wants to happen. Um, he says, what I vowed, I will pay salvation belongs to the Lord. And so maybe at that moment he's saying, I relent, but, but it's almost more of a, you know, God, you're bigger than me. And uh, yeah, fine. It's the, I I, well, and I I'll what I it. vowed I will pay. It's like he's a prophet. All right, fine. I said I'd do your work, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go give this message. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't. I'm not I, gonna not, like it. I'm not choosing to. You're making me. <laughs> yeah, that's like. Does Flashbacks. that sound like a kid? Like, no, no. The, not you at said all. that to your parents. I definitely said that. Yeah. Uh, no, I hear you that want quite me a to. Lot from my children. <laughs> like I'm not choosing this. You're making me do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so know this: that God answers His prayer, as Jacob mentioned earlier before we start recording. God does answer the prayer. Mm-hmm. God doesn't correct him. Yeah. God accepts Jonah for where he's at, and God continues to use Jonah. Mm-hmm. And continues, and as we get into week four or, or chapter four of Jonah, we'll we'll see that that the conversation goes on from here. The conversation's not done, mm-hmm. and so for us as disciple makers, we have to recognize that people are in process. <clears throat> that where they are today, when they pray, that's a that's a check engine light. It, it tells you what's going on at the heart level. I do love the fact that that he's willing to tell the Lord how he feels. Because I feel like sometimes in American Christianity, we're afraid to do that. We're, we're fine. Af- Everything's great. I'm a Christian now. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. We're afraid to be real and honest and vulnerable and mm, not well, not just with people, but I think also with God. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this makes me think like my kids, like they're very... Um, And it's just a natural part of, like, growing up. Like, kids are very self-focused. That's all that they can. And, like, as an adult, you're supposed to help them, like, start walking through, like, becoming, like, being self-focused to starting to realize other people exist and they have feelings, too. Um, So I, like, I mean, can you imagine how 
much more powerful this prayer would have been if he had gone inward and then outward with it. Mm -hmm. Which is what we see David do in Mm -hmm. so many of the Psalms where he starts off with, this is where I'm at. This is the motion I'm feeling. This sucks. (laughs) My situation is horrible. But then it turns into this worship of, Uh but this is who you are as God and I will trust in that and I will hang on to that and you are faithful God in it. And I've, when I haven't had words to get to there, I've gone to the Psalms to help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've adopted, like, yes, I agree with this part, and I want to hang on to this part here at the end of the Psalm. And, yeah. and so, you know, God, God uses Jonah. It's not like he's surprised by our emotions either. No. no. So no. might as well be a little bit more open with God about them. Yeah. So that's our discipleship moment. Yeah. If uh, if you see someone praying a relatively selfish prayer, uh, it could be the moment. Uh, could be the depth of their soul coming out. Could just be an indicator where they're at spiritually and yeah. how you need to journey with them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nifty, nifty, fun, fun. Yeah. It's a great little DM for the week. And uh, Molly... Yeah. You've got some tasty tidbits, uh, a concept. A concept. A concept that needs to be fleshed out of Abraham versus Jonah. Yeah, so when we've been uh, talking about the Jonah series, I was thinking about Abraham and how he was sitting in his tent and he had these visitors come. And they're like, should we tell Abraham our intentions? And so they're like, we're going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham goes, but what if there's 20? If there's 20 righteous people in the entire city, will you spare it? And they're like, okay, maybe. And he's like, okay, well, what about 10? And I think he got down to like five or... I think no, he started at 40, 40 and goes down right. to at least 10. That's so right, he down got to 10. I think it's 10. down to 10. Yeah. And so I he was like bargaining Which... with God to save an entire city. Yep. And then we go to Jonah, and he's like, just destroy it all. It's fine. And the entire city gets saved. Whereas in Sodom and Gomorrah's case... They got destroyed. Mm-hmm. There is an odd little parallel there. There is a very odd little parale- parable. And so how many times in our life are we called to be like Abraham, mm. but we want to be like Jonah? Mm. But Jonah was more effective. Yeah. <laughs> right? So the moral of the story is no. I shouldn't fight for people. No, you need to fight for people. Because imagine, maybe they would have, like if he had actually fought for them, maybe they would have come and conquered Israel later. We don't know. Oh. Yeah, the number is 10 because that is when you add up the like son-in-laws and the daughters with Lot. It like there should have been 10. He he was thinking exactly, his crew. Exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a size of his family. Yeah. Yep. So he's like, I thought I thought I had this for sure in the bag. <laughs> I'd save an entire city. Yeah. Uh. Like I thought I'd gone low enough. Yeah bartered god down no that's a that's a good little parallel so i i I think the moral takeaway is to be like jonah because that saves nineveh (laughs) versus being like abraham because that destroys sodom and gomorrah no not the takeaway maybe maybe not (laughs) maybe not (laughs) maybe you should put your heart in it a little bit more for the people you need to check your heart just check your heart (laughs) that's a good idea check your check yourself before you wreck yourself (coughs) no that's a good one uh, and then you also, 
Let's talk about uh, parallels between Jesus and Jonah. Jesus and Jonah. Because we keep seeing some parallels. Right? Yes, there's lots of parallels. Well, these are inverted, right? This is yes. an inverted parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Inverted yeah. parallel. Um, so, I mean, because Jesus said, like, the signs of Jonah. And so uh, Jonah was in the well and he cried out. Um, and he was, I'm trying to get my notes close around the microphone. Um, there you go. We got it. Um, he cried out. And he was heard, whereas when Christ was on the cross, he cried out, and there was silence, and like God did not hear him. Mm. Um, and then Jonah was drawn up, and Jesus descended. Um, and then when Jonah was praising the rise up, he was put down, like he was sitting up, waiting for Nineveh to be destroyed, mm. and. Jesus was risen up to sit at God's right hand. Hmm. So the parallel goes in reverse, but I thought it was interesting. Another case of where you should be a little bit more like somebody else and not somebody else. <laughs> so a little more like, well, no, no, not going to, I'm not even going to go. I'm not going to say that one because I can't make it. Though. <laughs> should probably definitely be like Jesus, not like Jonah. Yeah. I can't, I can't spin it the other way. I should probably, yeah. <laughs> it's highly just, recommendable. <laughs> you're just in a contrary mood today, aren't you? Never. <laughs> He's just in his normal mood. On a Monday morning, never. I would never <laughs> be contrary. He said being contrary. Yeah. Um. Anyway, no, that's uh, and you've got obviously you've got we've I think we talked about this before, but Jesus, you know, in the in chapter one of Jonah, he's in the boat asleep, mm. and then. You know, we talked about this last week on footnotes a little bit. So you've got yeah. parallels there. You've got the sign of Jonah that Jesus says, you know, you're going to get this three days down and then and then ascending again, rise from the dead, rise from the grave, um, come out of the depths. Well, uh, Marty has an interesting take on the sign of Jonah, too, that maybe what Jesus is saying, hey, <coughs> Israel, the Gentiles are believing this. Mm. The Gentiles are paying attention, mm. Mm. and are you gonna are you gonna reject this? Sure. Like I, I'm calling you to repentance. Hmm. Are you gonna reject this? That's a good take. Yeah, it's a solid bit of. Yeah, it's a solid shout solid out take to right there. When did they start? Marty Solomon reading Jonah for Yom Kippur, like time wise. Uh, well, I don't know when try. in history they started reading that. I don't know. That's a good question. Curious. The long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> My best guess would be post uh, post Babylon, post Second Temple Judaism would be my best guess, um, or maybe somewhere around Second Temple Judaism. Okay, uh, just uh, that's one of they developed a lot of stuff. Was a lot of the traditions those they have. time periods. That makes sense. Would that would make sense. Uh, cool. It probably depends on wherein you put Jonah as being off uh, penned to. Um, there's lots of debate on that. It wasn't penned directly after the events. Sorry, that was snarky. <laughs> that was really snarky. Okay. Hi, welcome to Footnotes. You're going to get a full dose of snark today, courtesy of Logan Daily. Yeah. This episode of Footnotes is brought to you by the letter snark. Letter S or snark. <laughs> Well, and then there's a debate of when when would the story of Jonah be widely circulated, and it probably wouldn't sure. be till like rabbinic Judaism for sure. Mm. Um, 
Right. Apparently, before Jesus' time, because Jesus talked about it. Yeah. About mm. using Jonah at Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur? Is that what you're... No, I think... Or just Jonah in general. Just Jonah in general. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, the Jonah conversation was a well-known conversation. I, I don't know when they started to come up with the Torah readings. Um, that might that's a not big have been until post the temple, just because... They kind of had to fill the gaps of not mm, having the temple, not having the temple. Mm. for like traditions and stuff like that. What do we do? Sure. Logical. How do we continue a legacy? Yeah. So, Rob, we <coughs> wanted to talk about Bible Hub a little bit here, which you're probably Bible hubbing right now. I'm very intrigued. Uh, I'm looking at all kinds of things. But yes, <laughs> so when I go to study a passage whether it's in the New Testament, in the Greek, or the Old Testament, uh, in Hebrew. I've, I've done a little bit of study of, of the Hebrew language, but not enough for me to just open up a Hebrew Bible and start translating. And so there are some, some easy tools out there, and one of the ones that I use is, is BibleHub.com. I also have some other software that I use that is not free, so I won't talk about that necessarily. But uh, if you go to BibleHub.com, at the very top, you, you, you're going to be able to select the book of the Bible, just drop down menus. And so picking Jonah, where, oh, where's Jonah? There you are, Jonah. And then you could pick chapter and verse. And so picking Jonah 3, sorry, Jonah 2, uh, verse 1. And then um, there's a section just uh, about an eighth of the page down. It says you get these options of looking at parallel versions, sermons, topical, strongs, commentary, interlinear, and then it says Hebrew. Mm. And you can select Hebrew, and then it gives you that verse word, word for, for word. word. And then you could select the word, and you could get a sense for how that word's been translated in, in other places. So in the sermon, you kept pointing out that there was one word that kept coming up as evil, right? Right. Uh, I don't remember the word off the top of my head. Hurrah. Hurrah. Oh man, there's so many. Yeah, you should have made more jokes about <laughs> evil. Hurrah! Oh wait, no. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, so if you're just reading this in the English, those it didn't get translated the same. They're they're putting in they're trying to put it in context or give mm -hmm. it inflection because we have a ton more words in English, right? Correct. Than the the Hebrew language, like you said, uh, they only had about what five thousand words or something like that in the language. Yeah, roughly about 5,000 words in ancient Hebrew. Sure. Today's language, you know, has more complexity. You have airplanes and cell phones oh, yeah. and oh yeah, DNA. They, they, they probably have a, a word for whale now. Right. As opposed to just calling everything that swims that's big a fish, you know, or everything that swims a fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, nonetheless, this helps you break down and understand where where the word was first used, how it's been used through the different uh, different areas where it gets uh, put into play, um, and can help clarify some of the meaning. 
and get us get us a little closer to understanding the original context of it, understanding what the 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 concepts that are actually coming across. This does not mean just to clarify for everybody who's listening who's now like maybe like you said in your sermon, their brows are now furrowing. You're thinking, oh, what my Bible's just all a lie. No, no, but it does mean like because it was. It's not originally written in 21st century American English. What? Right? Shocker. So, to really, if you're going to dig in and study, then you probably should use, maybe at least use a couple different translations just Mm -hmm. to get some different takes on how people have massaged the language and translated it from one to the other. Or use this Bible hub. Like, that's going to be, it's going to be super good. Yeah, in the Hebrew, it's, I think it's in particular important to just recognize repetition. Because they had such a simple language, repetition would just highlight uh, a theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So understanding that... So the basic... When I read the passage, when I read Jonah chapter 3, the basic message is there based off of you know NIV or NASB or you know ESV, like... The basic message is there. Mm-hmm. But if I want to see like a particular theme that's highlighted, well, throughout the book of Jonah so far in the first three chapters, there's been these repetition of threes. And so these repetitions of threes, evil, sackcloth, uh, male fish. Why is there only one female fish? And there's three male f- fish references. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different repetitions, you know, Tarshish, you know, fleeing the presence of the Lord. Like, why are the why are these repetitions and and like these are like threads in a in a tapestry, you know, that that highlights something unique. And so everything else that you're seeing is important and valuable, but you can miss something um as you kind of do a little bit more research and do a little more digging, there's some things that you could kind of, it, it just adds color to, to the story and, and helps you to see things maybe in new ways. I remember the first time, one of the first times I did this, I was reading through the story about, uh, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Mm. And I think it's something like seven times or 10 times in that chapter, the word, uh, in his hand was used mm. in their hand, in her hand, um, and so that repetition, like ten times, that word's being used mm-hmm. just in that one chapter, not really being used in the chapters before, not really being used in the chapters after. Just this one There's story, a specific purpose for this, and so that repetition means something, and wrestle with what that means. Sure. And and so it shaped the story. So that's how, when we asked the question in the Bolton, how many fish are in the story? And the people are like, mm, there's one. Yep. Well. Psych, trick question. There's actually two. There, There's two. And, and so we just want to help you understand how to get to, you know, those kinds of answers if you're going to study Resources. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another part of the repetition thing is traditionally uh, – uh, you would sing the Bible when you would recite it. Um, mm. It was very musical, so that helped that it was, you know, these same beats, kind mm. of. Um, 
And something that would help with it is root root words. So like sometimes it'd be a completely different word, but they come from the same root, but you're still hearing the same like part of that beat. Yep. There you go. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk Nicodemus. You mentioned this in the sermon, so I definitely want. We definitely want to get there. Uh, Nicodemus. Yeah. So. In- when I brought this up, I was talking about some of the problems with Jonah chapter 2, that there's two fish in the story, um, three times um, the word for male fish is used, one time the word for female fish is used, dog and daga. And I said that the rabbis have wrestled with what this means over the centuries, and Jewish commentaries said that even uh, after three days, Jonah wasn't ready to get on board with God, so God told the male fish to spew Jonah up into a female fish. And that female fish was pregnant. Um, Jonah talks about he's crying from the womb of Sheol. Um, You know, some translations say body or the body of Sheol. Um, You know, and that word can be translated... Uh, a number of different ways is kind of a generic term for for your inward parts, but womb is definitely one of the options. And knowing that there's a female fish, sure, potentially pregnant, uh, that's that's the way the the Jews have uh, interpreted this for for some time. Okay. Well, then you have the story in John chapter three, where a Pharisee named Nicodemus comes to Jesus. Uh, by night, and he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who comes from God, that no one does these signs that you do unless God is with him. And <laughs> Jesus has the strangest answer, at least, at least from our perspective. Truly, truly, I said to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the question is, 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 is this connected? Is, is Jesus talking about Jonah's experience of being in the belly of the whale, where the rabbis have talked for centuries that this is a female fish. Mm-hmm. He's in the womb of Sheol. He is being birthed back into life. Um, they they even talked about this as a resurrection moment for for Jonah mm. in Jewish context. Mm-hmm. And so, is this what? Jonah, you're heading in the wrong direction. You're not. You're not actually partnering with me. You need to partner with me. Is that what Jesus is referencing here? Is that is is Nicodemus hearing, or is Jesus talking about Jonah, and Nicodemus isn't connecting the dots right in the moment? But that's really where the conversation is going. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like you think you're doing God's work, but you're not. Sure. Kind of have your own purposes in mind. You're going through the motions. So, interesting thought. That is a good one. That could be... That's. I, I think that definitely could be. There's some, there's some weight to that. Uh, and probably warrants a little bit more chasing down to uh, go dig into that a little bit more, maybe. But that would be... 
You know, I just I with Jonah, I never knew there was so much. Like, I never knew it was that big of a thing. Mm. Like, oh yeah, it's a fun story. You know, there's a guy with a fish and mm. gets yacked up, and then whole city gets saved. And I don't think, as a kid, I don't think I ever even learned the back half of the story. Like with chapter four, like what's that? Because like, it's depressing. It, it ends with it ends with the city being saved, right? And yeah. Jonah like walks off into the distance, like, like doesn't look at the explosion, <laughs> but it's not an explosion. Hey, I just thought of like the in movies when you're walking away from the explosion, you're not supposed to watch it because if not, you'll turn into a pillar of salt <laughs> to go back to your Abraham thing. But anyway, completely rabbit trail tangent popped mm. into my brain. Uh, like the, but the, this, it, there's so much here in Jonah that mm. one Jesus references, yeah. the tie-ins with that. We're going to talk a little bit more next week about some like correlations where you can compare and contrast Jonah to the prodigal son, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe go give that a little look-see before next week. Um, It's only 48 verses. This is such a... It's like a children's book. Like It reminds me of a children's book. Speaking of Jacob, <laughs> nice segue. As you're holding your children's book, yep. <laughs> do you have a little uh, little some some you wanted to add from there? Jacob uh, has this. I, I really wish we could show it to you via yeah. the podcast, but it it is a gorgeous, gorgeously illustrated. I think Rob called it sexy. I don't know if I'd take it that far. Yeah, Rob's a little weird, it's a children's but it's book. gorgeously illustrated, and it is uh, it is covering a lot of the midrash of the story of Jonah. Huh. Yeah, no, it was funny because uh, someone recommended this. Um, they're like, yeah, it's a great book. Talks about the Midrash of Jonah. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. It was six bucks, which uh, which you had. Tradi- well, traditionally, <laughs> like, if you're going to find a book that talks about Midrash or, or even just the Bible, you know, that could be like, uh, I've uh, seen upwards of 50 or 100 bucks. I mean, a children's um, book. Depending on how uh, uh, scholarly it is. But. Uh, I ordered it, and then it wasn't until after I ordered it that I realized it was a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it is pretty interesting. And from what I've seen, uh, it's matched a lot of the stuff I've seen online with the Midrash. Um, it doesn't have all of the Midrash because then it'd be like five different stories in one. Um, but it's got a lot of the Midrash like in it. like a choose-your-own-ending book. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> choose-your-own Midrash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you sure want this I'm story, s- go I'm, to this page. I don't page. mean to offend anybody with that. <laughs> if you're Jewish and listening, I'm so sorry. Uh, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, No, it's got some... Uh, all of the stuff we've talked about, some stuff we haven't talked about. Um, but it's, it's really good. Um, What's the name of it? It's called Jonah and the Two Great Fish. And who is it by? Mordecai Gerstein. Mordecai Gerstein. What a name. I love Mordecai, I love the fact Mordecai that name. this is part of the Jewish consciousness enough that they've got a book. Children's book. Children's book that talks about this. Like this is new to all of us. Yeah. Gentiles, you know, studying <laughs> studying this ancient Jewish text. Like and, Goyim. And, we're, and we're like, wow, there's two fish and and there's some kindergartner going well duh there's yeah. a leviathan involved too <laughs> what <laughs> well okay here's a here's a funny juxtaposition that we this can point out talk this. About that one doesn't have the no. leviathan well <laughs> that probably wouldn't be a children's book because leviathans are scary but any anyway uh so with their children's book they dig in deeper to the story mm-hmm. with our children's bibles 
It goes less. less. We go shallower with the story. Yeah. And it's only it's only 48 verses. Yeah. Like <laughs> lead out the whole last part of the yeah. We probably story. write more for the children's book. Like it like think about the VeggieTales movie. <laughs> it's a whole hour and a half long movie or whatever. I would say I would call VeggieTales Midrash. Well, but, okay, uh, but 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 Christian. The point being like it goes and and the VeggieTales it's a bad example because it's it's it is really well done. If you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. Mm-hmm. My kids still want to see excellent. it. It's excellent. And they but, do go into like Jonah and what he's struggling with. Sure, like, they do they it so it's it's a terrible example, but even then <laughs> like it's still it well no, no, it's just a terrible example. We won't use that one. Think of your normal children's Bible. It covers this story, and they might even write more words than you'd get in the actual story of Jonah. So we're saying more to tell you less. Yeah. If that makes sense. Just we we do we do we go like so much shallower a lot of times. And I, I think that that's just a funny juxtaposition between this children's book with the Jewish midrash yeah. and what what I grew well, up on for sure. Mm-hmm. We I was take I'm taking the kids through the Bible right now, so we're on jonah ironically um and it's super short um storylines so yeah Mm -hmm. all right well that's a that's a good way we'll polish it off with the children's story there leave it a nice and shallow quote unquote (laughs) yeah but uh it's good fun stuff here keep uh keep diving into jonah um like like we said it's it's 48 verses or whatever it does not take long to read you could read this every single day this week and get new stuff out of it every single time, I bet. Yep. So hopefully uh, you continue to dig into the text there, and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes. I mine 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 mine